Okay, I think I got it. I got I got a rough rough approximation. Okay. So we'll uh take three. <laughs> Let's go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Uncommon Commander podcast, where myself and other guests talk about Uncommon Legends you can play as your commander. Uh, my name is Cole, also known as Eclipse Meteor, and today I'm once again joined by the illustrious Junehawk, a.k.a. Phil. How's it going, man? Hey, pretty good. How about you? I'm good. Uh, just to kind of refresh people, uh, Phil, what do you do, and who are you? Uh, hi, everyone. My name's Phil, as mentioned before. Uh, uh, more known as Junehawk, I stream Magic the Gathering every Friday with my good pals such as Cole and other two friends, Brian and Josh. Uh, other than that, I'm streaming a variety of different games uh, other days during the week. And uh, yeah, that's that's about it. Sick, sick. Uh, yeah, so today, uh, it's just to kind of coincide with the you you've played Danitha before on your streams and yes. uh you know Dan let let's talk about Danitha Capuchin. Danitha Capuchin is a uh a, a legendary creature from Dominaria as a lot of these have a lot of the I'd say the more popular more renowned Dominaria legends, you know. Mm-hmm. Um she is a uh two mana and a white for a 2/2 human knight with first strike vigilance and lifelink. Aura and equipment spells you cast cost one less to cast. So, uh, kind of just uh, lead us through your general game plan of why you chose Danitha and what your goal is. Uh, so basically, I built Danitha um, for a uh, Voltroni approach. At first, I wanted to do try to do a uh, a uh, human knight tribal. But uh, I felt it would be more fun to try to go a Voltron route. And also, uh, just because I'm a sucker for really nice artwork and Danitha just looks completely badass. Uh, Her abilities are nice and the flavor text is just the icing on top. I love the flavor text so much. Uh, It reads, I will protect the less fortunate. I will love bravely. I will face despair and fight on as a caption. I can do no less. And that that's so badass. It is very uh, cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, so, uh, you know, looking at sort of the caption legacy, uh, which I, I'm not a super big Vorthos guy, so I'm not a hundred percent, uh, on top of it. When you kind of look at it, like, uh, Gerard, Captain Gerard Capuchin, Danitha herself, her younger brother Raph, who became who becomes part of the uh, re rechristened Weatherlight crew. Um, what's kind of interesting to me uh, is that you know, given the opportunity of like you could be you could be part of a badass crew, we're flying around Dominaria and doing crazy shenanigans, and she said no, and you're like, holy shit, like that, yeah. like. It's not every day that um, that a character is usually like I don't know like it's not something you'd usually see very often uh, from a lore standpoint because some people like you know 
all the planeswalkers that we've seen are like, yep, uh, I'm gonna, we're gonna go on an adventure, or I'm gonna be a hero, or I'm gonna be a villain, or do this or do that, right? Danith has said, nope, you know what, I got a job to do, so I'm gonna stay here and continue doing that job. Uh, yeah. So that's super cool. Um, and yeah, like like you said about the artwork, uh, if you kind of, like, you get the stained glass in the background, uh, which is really cool, you have this, like, this under, um, like, undershot pointing upward, kind of really giving you this sense of um, power as she's drawing yeah. her blade. Like, yeah, just... Yeah. Very, very cool. Very good job from Chris Rallis. Uh, the like seeing this card in foil is stunning. Getting to see that, uh, that painted look in the background, like the, of the windows, just yeah, ah, really great. Um, and hey, also, uh, let's talk about the strategy of Voltron. Uh, mm -hmm. so you you sweeted up this deck with a lot of. Uh, really good, like really good creatures that want to be targeted and also kind of help enable, uh, this Voltron strategy. A lot of a uh, lot of creatures that uh have double strike. So once they get you know a hero's blade, a forebear's blade, or something on, they become lethal threats by themselves. Um, but also just good equipment enablers that Lazi just casually slap on. Uh, or Gentum armor, or something of an equivalent, on like onto your, uh, you know, onto a Stoneforge, uh, Stoneforge Mystic, or whatever, you know. So, uh, how about you kind of just walk us through some of the some of the highlights you think that like what your deck has? Uh, yeah. So a lot of the highlights that I would think in my in my mind would run well if let's say like everything's going in my favor is pure still paladin and you know i have my oriac steel shaper just my low drops that are having things cost less so it'll be easier for me to to cast my equipments and just getting them on the field as soon as possible and then um if i don't have any creatures in hand danith is always there she's a three drop and She's just player and she's she's geared up, she's ready to go. Um basically, yeah, um my main strat my main goal is to like try to get as much equipment I can onto the battlefield just so whatever creature I have on the battlefield, it's my equipment's just there and ready for that one creature to be suited up and smack face with. Um, because, you know, not every time I'm going to have Danathon on there on the battlefield forever. So I want to have that assurance that I can just drop any one of these other creatures that can help me out in towards the end game, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there, there's something I want to bring back from an earlier episode because we're talking about a mono white deck. Uh, mm -hmm. I can hear, I can hear Peter <laughs> as, a, as a spectral voice in the background. I'm going to be shouting out that guy a lot. It's, it's just his thing. Um, yeah. But we mentioned in my Quende Pride Ephemeraf episode, which uh, also that's a creature in this deck, that yeah. doubling up uh, on anything is very powerful, and and that is of course that applies to literally like. Doubling up on creatures, doubling up on uh, 
combat triggers like double strike or something like that. Um, you know, doubling mul the multiplicative value of doing all these things. Um, so one of the things is, of course, Danitha reduces the cost of uh, auras and equipment, of which you have uh, a handful of auras, but you have a, a multitude of artifacts. So we're already kind of getting uh, sort of a mana value discount across the board. Uh, mm -hmm. But then you have stuff like uh, Coende Pride Ephemera, who kind of sneaks in and gives Danitha double strike. Or gives, um, you know, gives your Knight of the White Orchid or your Knight Exemplar, so on and so forth. That gives the first strike, the double strike. Uh, and then you kind of slapped in a few things like a True Conviction um, and stuff like that. That, again, doubles up the power you're bringing to the table. So yeah. there is also the extra avenue of, well, maybe I don't have all the equipment on one creature. Maybe I have two or three, four creatures out with their own piece of equipment on them, and I'm swinging at everybody. Or swinging at one person, you know, kind of continuing it. So, once again, an aggro deck, and I'm sure some people get tired of hearing about it, but hey, that's my jam, so I'm here for it. Uh, but, you know, you do, despite sort of the kind of overhead simplicity of, I'm going to play a white deck, I'm going to play Voltron, I'm going to have, I'm going to play Knights... Um, there's still sort of this, it's not, it's not as linear as we think, you know, it's not the slap everything on one creature, go to town. It's, uh, I need to have a, I need to have the ability to adapt where necessary. Mm -hmm. So, so I definitely do see that here. Um, so yeah, uh, oh man, big heavy hitters. Well, I mean, like I said, uh, being able to slap on an agentum armor for free for basically zero, uh, <laughs> kiss. Uh, it's such a fun card. Like it's everything I want commander to be about all in one card is like ridiculous stats, a ridiculous cost, and just like a another, you know, another ability slapped on top just because the plus six plus six wasn't enough. You yeah. also had to blow something up on the attack. Mm -hmm. and, and don't let the six mana with the swick, the six equip cost like scare you away. Like this you don't care. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, just I, I don't know, I'm just gonna <laughs> every every one of these decks I get to see, I'm gonna rant and rave about it. But okay, so anyway, it's your deck. Um So like you said, you you want to slap everything on one creature, preferably. Um and and maybe with the opportunity to kind of spread things out. So what are the other tools you got in here um, that kind of help smooth that out? Uh, well, one of the main tools that I pretty much look for in almost a lot of my decks ever since, like, I started deck building was Vigilance. Like, I love Vigilance. And... Getting to have creatures or all my creatures have vigilance to where I can attack and then also block as well afterwards, like that makes me feel much safer. So, uh, yeah, if I if I have more than like let's say I have two creatures out, I can and preferably and maybe like four equipment I can swap. I can put two equipment on each of them and they have vigilance as well then i feel like i feel like i'm in a much better 
spot with with vigilance and i don't know i just i just like vigilance a lot so so okay so let's take a step back and let's talk about a handful of combats like combat uh evergreen abilities right so when you think of it off the Mm -hmm. top of your head and i'm probably not going to get everything you know it's like it's not like i play magic or anything so we got you know flying death touch trample reach haste first strike double strike vigilance lifelink uh, uh, probably thinking of something else I can't really think of, but I don't know. That's pretty much like the basics, right? Like this, these are the most evergreen abilities we're going to be seeing on creatures from now to the end of Magic's history. Yeah. And and uh, you know, I know some people do have uh, sort of there's sort of an avoidance of creatures, despite the fact that you know we play Commander and we want. Like, most of the time, like, 99% of the time, a legendary creature is going to be our commander. So it's like, guess what? I don't know what your opinion is. I know some abilities are really strong and combo-tastic, but, like, most of the time, these creatures are going to have an ability that's, uh, does something with combat. You're going to fly overhead of opponents. You're going to hit first or hit twice, uh, when combat happens. You're, you're going to throw out your giant hasty dragon... That's going to swing in, you know? So, Vigilance is really sweet as an offensive and as a defensive ability. Like, being able to have blocks at any time, uh, Mm -hmm. it's, like, the safest... It's probably, like, in terms of, like, conservative game mechanics, it's, like, a really safe bet. You're like, I swing in, and I I am not afraid of the crackback. I'm ready to go, right? Mm -hmm. So, having... Having first strike vigilance and lifelink on one creature is just like super sweet. Like it's really, yeah. it's really good. And when you start adding, um, you start adding enchantments like Brave the Sands, which you have, um, and a few other, a few other creatures that have vigilance by themselves. Um, you know, you're you're hitting, you're you're hitting all the check marks of swing in, deal a bunch of damage. What are you going to do about it? And then your opponent's like, well, I can't swing into you for chip damage. I can't swing into you for all these, like, sweet abilities that I want. You know, so it, it definitely turns off a lot of other creature uh creature slash combat abilities mm-hmm. where it's just like, yeah. eh, smack you out of the air if I really need to. There's, there's an opportunity for it. So, yeah, it's just mm-hmm. vigilance. Really sweet. Uh, like, and... Uh, I think very much like First Strike uh, is very underrated sort of in uh, in combat centric decks. Oh, yeah. Like it's yeah. First Strike is also like a really good defensive tool as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being able to maybe pump uh, a creature on the defensive when people least expect it and being like, oh, you thought you're if we're going by base statistics, oh, your three three is coming at me. Oh no, whatever shall I do? I'll buff Danitha to three power or four or five and deal with that. So, um, yeah, just yeah, it's there's, good. There's always, it's good. That one player that's like, <laughs> well, I could swing back, or like they're deciding who to attack. I was like, well, I can't attack Phil. He's got first strike. I don't know what to do, you know. And it's it's just. Kind it's nice. It's I, nice. <laughs> kind of just to show how good First Strike is, even in a competitive format, I would highly recommend people look up, and I can't think of the specific game, maybe I'll put the link in the description when the episode comes out, 
Um, it was a legacy game of Eldrazi versus Mono White Soldier Stompy. I always mention this. Some people kind of know about it off the top of their head, but it is uh, it is sort of a Staxi soldier deck where you play Thalia and Preeminent Captain and all this other stuff where, where the first strike really matters, especially when it comes to blockers. So the Eldrazi player like could not swing in. They're like, you have a field of first striking creatures. I can't like put my 5-5 five, five, or 6-6 six, six, like your way. It was yeah. really, really sweet to see. So, yeah, wa- watch out. Watch out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, like you said, Vigilus, really sweet. Good foundation for yeah. for things. And, I mean, that's on Sun. That's on your Sun Titan. Uh, Danitha herself, Bishop of Rebirth, Cavalier of Dawn. Just really good, good creatures. Yeah. Um, but so, uh, you know, you got Pierce Steel Paladin, you got Stoneforge Mystic if you kind of want to cut through, uh, the costs of a bunch of things. How about, uh, you walk us through some of your choice equipment that you got? Uh, yeah. So, besides Argentum armor, I tried looking for the cheapest CMC, but with some pretty with pretty some pretty good abilities as well in it pretty good upside mhm yeah uh so like black blade reforged um what's another one like loxodon warhammer hero's blade like some of these two drops here uh yeah i didn't want to go any higher than 3 if i had to but you put Argentum armor in because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Who wouldn't want to put that in there? Um, I figured, you know, if I hadn't drawn into Argentum armor and I had, let's say, Stoneforge out or um, Steel Shaper's gift in my hand, you know, I was like, well, I have the mana for it. I can, I can. I can play this now without having to worry, you know, about, well, damn, I don't have enough mana open, you know, for any responsive actions or other stuff like that. Like, I feel like I'm at a safe spot now where I can play it, hold off a turn and then equip it. Or, you know, if I have uh, my, um, the pure seal, my pure still, I can just equip it, you know? So, Yeah. Other than Argentum armor, I wanted to go for the lowest CMC equipments I could find, and as well as the R's as well. Yeah, because like so, when you kind of look at it, like obviously some of them are like two or three mana for the equipment. Uh, you got Radiant Destiny, uh, Pentarch's Ward on Sarah's Wings, which is also another uh, stunningly beautiful uh, church uh, yeah. like window pane effect, which like. It's beautiful. Um, excuse me. Uh, Mammoth Umbra, Hyena, Hyena Umbra, Ashes Favor. Um, because once you cast these for like one or two mana after the cost reduction, like, uh, you're able to throw a lot of these out really quickly and really fast, which of course hates Voltron. So it's that's great. That's exactly what we want. 
Um, and, and some of the extra effects kind of on top of a lot of these kind of just really speak for themselves. Sort of the animus is you get to ramp on an attack. Sort of the feast and familial damage. That player discards a card and you untap all your lands. You make... You you once again gain more life if, if you really want to. But you also have trample. You get flat, yeah. flat bonuses of plus two, plus three, even higher. Um, with the ability, if, if a creature dies, the ability to even swap it around for free if you want to. If you're, mm-hmm. if you're looking at Forebear's Blade... Um, giving your creatures flying is always relevant. So when you get something like on Sarah's wings or Ash's favor, you, you know, uh, some of these are like, they're redundant because Danitha herself has like a few abilities, but you, you throw an Ash's favor on a sun Titan or, um, uh, I don't know. You throw a what's uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. You 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 have options, and you can change a lot of creatures into like infinitely stronger just through one single equipment being slapped on top of it. So mm-hmm. the the kit itself, and and like you know, it's your tip. You know, for some people, it's your typical like equipment in Aura's deck. Um, but there's just something that's so neat about having sort of like a bread and butter cookie cutter deck because Danitha just has all the right check marks of making it just a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I'll just, uh, just go on for hours about every single individual card. Um, <laughs> but I don't, I, you know, uh, I've, I found that the trend for, for doing this podcast is we'll spend less time talking about the cards and maybe we should start more talking about uh, the nuances of the strategy and the deck building. Um, so let's let's maybe wrap it up on the cards and talk about philosophy. Uh, what what are some of the extra things that you kind of put on top besides the Voltron and the equipment and the creatures that you think kind of really make the deck uh, work a little bit better? Um, maybe kind of the uh, like the a little bit of a recursion here. Um. What with uh, Bishop of Rebirth, Sun Titan, Ameria Shepherd, uh, and I also have, uh, what is it, From Dust Till Dawn? Yeah, Dust Till Dawn, yeah, I love, mm. I love this board wipe, it's super sweet. Yeah. Just so. let, let, so yeah, Dust Till Dawn is an Aftermath card originally from uh, Amonkhet. Dusk is your typical board wipe at four mana. Destroy all creatures with power three or greater. Luckily, Danitha slips under the radar if you need to do a bit of a reset. Uh, but Dawn is the aftermath card, which you can only cast from your graveyard for two, or sorry, for two white and three. Uh, return all creature cards with power two or less from your graveyard to your hand. So, yeah, like you said, once again, this is a really neat uh, multi. Uh, you have choices with this card, and the mm-hmm. Dawn is super sweet. It returns a lot of your creatures on this list to your hand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. Recursion super great. Kind of coinciding uh, with Dawn, uh, with Dusk being the board wipe. You got Fumigate, Planner Cleansing, Ravnica at War, and Tragic Arrogance kind of just to round everything off and kind of keep people under control, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I'm just going to be going swinging with one or two creatures at best, 
And so I'm gonna I'm gonna want to have my opponents to have fewer or no creatures at all. So yeah, that's that's the goal here. And and even if I have Danatha equipped at the time, and I play Dusk and she gets destroyed, I'll just bring her back with the aftermath version. Yeah. And so, cut cut down on the commander tax. Yeah, and then more than likely everyone else's board will be cleared, and. Danatha could come back if I have the mana open for it. But yeah. Yeah, so uh just want to point out other couple things, you know, maybe a little light on removal, but you know, that can always change. Uh you gotta return to dusk. Or return to dust, excuse mm-hmm. me. Uh, you know, if it's your turn. Uh exile up to two uh of your combination of enchantments or artifacts. If it's not your turn, it's only one. That's still pretty fine. Uh, you got a tutor of Enlightened Tutor, you know, go find an artifact or enchantment card. Sweet. Yeah. Always good. Uh, and then you got Unbreakable Formation and Make a Stand as a sort of emergency savior creature spells. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, I mean, hey, Make a Stand is always... I, I always like Make a Stand as a combat trick and also as a defensive, uh, defensive tool. So, yeah, like, great card collect uh selection so uh you guys can find the deck list over in the link in the description of the episode It'll, this will be on architect um but now let's talk about voltron as a concept um so to anyone who isn't familiar with voltron uh there is an old uh old anime and a recent I'd say fairly recent, like in the last five years or so, an uh, animation made by uh, DreamWorks, I think. I might be wrong. Uh-oh. Let's fact check that before I continue. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Voltron was a robot that was made of five lines that combined to make Voltron. And the idea is, of course, that you slap a bunch of things together on one creature, and therefore you have your Voltron commander. Uh, and it's a good way to get in with one creature, do a lot of damage, or just straight up lethal commander damage, um, to, to an opponent. And, of course, uh, with that kind of strategy, there's a couple issues with it. Um, so let's, let's kind of go over that. Just want to double confirm. So yeah, Vol- so the newer Voltron was made by DreamWorks, uh, and is on Netflix, and... You can you can just see this giant cool robot with a sword made by five robot lions, and so yeah, go go check that out. Um, so yeah, uh, Phil, what are the issues with Voltron? Uh, one major thing is it could your Voltron can be taken out fairly easily, whether it be bot removal or board wipe or a bounce spell it's just very easy easy to be taken apart when after like building building up so much to it yeah so if we kind of take a look uh i'd say uh, i kind of said this once or twice kind of unofficially but you know uh from let's say 2011 to this year we'll say a whole decade of commander if we look at what Commander was like around 2011 or 2012, it was 
significantly easier to do a Voltron style build, especially with like a creature like Errol the Miststalker from uh Alara block. And mm-hmm. it had all the pieces that you would want of be like, well, yeah, of course you're gonna make a Voltron deck out of this. You want auras on top of it. It gets bigger, it has protection. Um so you know, uh easily telegraphed, but the ability to interact with a creature like that was a lot harder back a decade ago. Um, and especially um, if you kind of take all the factors into account, it has hexproof, so you can't really interact with it with, like, a, a source of plowshares, and it gets plus two, plus two for every ore attached to it, which is, like, really, really strong. Um, so you suddenly had this... 5-mana 5-5 five five become a 20, 30, 40-something creature with every, you know, with every keyword under the sun, and you're just, yeah. you're dead. And now, uh, the, the, you know, target is now on the next guy. Fast forward to this year, and like you said, we have every, um, we have nearly every measure imaginable from edict effects, like you said, to board wipes, things that now bypass hexproof and indestructibility. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's not a great fun day to be a Voltron player. Um, but at the same time, it still doesn't change the fact that you can soup up a creature, not just a commander, but any creature to be a, a very lethal. And, um, I think commander players in general kind of have lost anyone who, um, I don't know if uh, if anyone knows off the top of their head who this guy is. Gabe, our, our Ice Tep over on Twitter, he is notorious for playing Teamer Battle Rage uh, when you least expect it. And uh, I have lost a handful of times <laughs> to that. <laughs> and I gotta tell you, uh, even when it's, you know, um, if it's openly declared or it's a sneak attack kind of style of surprise you're dead, there is some, like, really, um, I still think there is a place for Voltron-style decks, and I think Danitha Capuchin, as as a legendary creature, just really cares to this, and shouldn't be frowned upon, because you can make, like, a really, even you can make a, a cheap Voltron deck with Danitha at the helm, and still hold up, uh, you know, just in this case, especially with your deck, Phil, like, you really mm-hmm. souped it up. Uh, at every level, so it really makes her even more threatening. And like you said, you have recursion, you have things that reduce the cost or cheapens things, or just straight up makes everything free. Um, so you can suddenly go zero to a hundred, and it's almost as if someone cast a team or a battle rage, and you're you're still dead either way. I don't, you know. Um, so yeah, it's it's. I don't know. I I've said my piece about that kind of stuff. Uh. What do you, what do you think about Voltron overall, even despite the weaknesses? Uh, I uh, I feel like it's just to me it's it's up to the person that's wanting to build the Voltron deck. Really, you know, I was like, I want to build a Voltron deck, so I'm gonna build a Voltron deck. Um, and I might get off topic, but well, I mean, I, go for I, it. I tend, I tend, I tend to. I tend to stray a lot as I talk, mm-hmm. but um, who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but as as uh we were as we were talking right now is you know it's just it's it's how do you how do how do you want to go about it you know do you do you want to be the aggressive fast player you know just dropping everything down all your equipments all your auras and just smacking face or do you want to go half and half with it to where you have your very good equipment and very good auras as one as the one half and then the other on the other half you have just a bunch of other stuff just protecting your creatures or your commander just so like no one's messing with your voltron strategy yeah and so you know i feel like that's that's a bit that's a i don't know that's a I wouldn't say confusing, but I feel like that's a road you have to come across whether on like an approach you want to go with if you want to I mean I mean and, and that's sort of the thing about commander and sort of deck building and and oh you know uh obviously you want to have your removal and obviously you want to have ways to protect your stuff, whether that be as simple as the swift food boots. Uh yeah. in this case since we're playing mono white, you know, maybe it's as simple as having a um uh, shoot, what's that? Uh, I'm trying to think of a one-mana spell that gives white creatures control protection from a color. Brave the brave the elements. I was going to say brave yeah. the sands, but that ain't right. Um, yeah. We're talking about, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's, you know, uh, it's the simple types of spells that you will want to play. It doesn't matter if it's this Dan at the Capuchin deck. It doesn't matter if it's any of the previous episode decks and, and legends that we've talked about. You want to have some kind of backup plan because um no plan what's what is the phrase? No plans no plan foolproof. No plans no plan is foolproof. No plan survives the enemy. No hold on, what the heck is it called? No plan survives first contact with the enemy. And and uh like that's and that goes for any strategy. So in this case, it's like I you could go full tilt, full speed ahead on a Voltron strategy, and then realize you got nothing to back you up once everything yeah. you know, someone casts a a planner cleansing and or a cyclonic rift or something that just has to make you reset your board and then you're basically at nothing. Now you know, kind of a little bit hard to interact with a Cyclonic Rift unless you have a Teferi's Protection or, um, uh, what are, uh, Shields of Guardians of Shoot. Ah, I'm just trying to mention all these, <laughs> there are all these magic cards. And I, I, I'm, a, I'm a horrible podcaster. What am I doing? Uh, hold on a second. Uh, I'm trying to think of a card. It was from Adventures of the Forgotten Realms. Uh, it is Guardians of Faith, which is like a super sweet new creature card. Uh, three mana, three, two. Uh, it's also a knight, hilariously. Uh, flash Vigilance, whenever it enters the battlefield, any number of other target creatures control phase out. Which means, even though, worst case scenario, your equipment gets bounced back to your hand, your creatures still actually stick on the board. Um, which means you don't have to do the full complete reset. Now... Um. Obviously, this is a case-to-case -case basis for a lot of these things, and and context within the game really kind of makes you wonder, like, how am I gonna, how am I gonna properly build a deck and tweak it in the way that allows me to still do Voltron, still have a lot of yeah. creatures to put 
these this equipment on and also protect them um and there's just there's there's a few ways to do it you know obviously as as a game goes on or as more games you play with that deck you will learn the ins and outs um and sort of what your sort of obviously each deck has a weakness um and it's kind of up to you as the player to kind of figure out how to do that um but yeah you know i i still think uh you know we're talking about combat we're talking about combat keywords we're talking about voltron i still definitely think that there is a place uh for these creatures and for these strategies to still exist in any commander table i know there's been this endless discussion of how commander has been changing uh mm. to a different direction and it has been uh you know there's numerous ways for people to win the game now uh, there's a lot of new cards that are coming out with conditions that say target player loses the game, you win the game, so on and so forth, right? Um, yeah. But at the same time, you know, some of these strategies still require creatures to be present. And sometimes these things only trigger if you're doing combat damage. Uh, the the Strixhaven Stadium uh, uh, Mana Rock, for example... You know, whenever you deal combat damage to an opponent, you put counters on your stadium. And if you hit 10 or more, someone could just straight up die. And the only way you're able to do that is if you have creatures swinging in for you. So, yeah. Um, it, it's so, so I guess what I'm getting down to is that don't, fr don't, don't kind of scoff the combat player. Don't scoff the aggro player, because I can tell you for a fact I've I, and I've played at a few different kind of different power levels, uh, whether that be high end that's not quite CEDH or and even in a casual sense. Like if if someone clears the board and can reset their board just as quickly as you dismantled it, and they have haste on top of it, like you're in for a bad time, you know. Yeah, uh, and. Um, you know, obviously, uh, like a mono-white Voltron strategy, like, I've seen Eight and a Half Tails, I've seen Danitha, I've seen Balin, ba Balin? I think it's Balin Knight Errant or something, like, it's a, he's a, he's a cat folk, uh, Wandering Knight, sorry, uh, you know, he has double strike as long as there are two or more equipment attached to him, uh, so on and so forth. Um, and I mean, God, how many other, like I told well, like Quende's in here and obviously you can throw a bunch of equipment on him and it's the same result. Um, yeah. uh, previously mentioned, uh, Dina Soulsteeper, one of the first few episodes that I did. The second yeah. ability is sacrifice a creature and Danith, uh, not Danitha, dang it, Dina. Yeah. Ah, that, oh, let's go, let's go into the names about commanders too in a second here, but, um, gets power equal to the sacrifice creature's power mana value or whatever but you can turn dina into a group slug style of deck where everyone's getting hit and then just hitting one person for just a whole lot of damage just cuz the opening presented itself so the the voltron has its place it comes in many shapes and forms and spells and um just don't always keep your eyes open because you never know when a player who doesn't openly declare that they're playing a Voltron deck suddenly assembles something and smacks you in the face you know 
It's not every day. Not every day you assemble Cauldra, for example. You know, Mm -hmm. it's so. uh, But yeah. um, But man, hey, the names of these legendary creatures are getting a little crazy, man. (laughs) (laughs) Like we, you know, we got Baron and Beryl and and Danitha and Dina and and so on. You know, uh, I think we're starting to hit a critical mass of names. (laughs) We're going to start like... (laughs) <laughs> oh man, that's a whole other topic. But anyway, um uh I don't know. Uh where to go with this Phil? You got yes. any what what other further thoughts you got about like combat strategies and Voltron and and the 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 kind of pursuit of commander damage even you know like it's a rule that it has existed like okay i guess we can even go a little bit further I feel like, like everyone i feel like everyone nowadays kind of ignores commander damage now or like no one really it, it's almost it like a account. joke it's almost like a, yeah, like oh, yeah, ha, ha, oh we might want to keep track of it it's like <laughs> listen fool i'll fucking kill you <laughs> like i don't know how many times where someone's like yeah oh hey by the way you're at 21 and you're like as a matter of fact, I am at 21 commander damage. And you know what? Yeah. It isn't so funny when you're like, oh, uh, your five something has hit me four times and I am at one attack away from literally dying from losing yeah. the game. Doesn't matter what your life total is. Um, <laughs> and, and it's just like, yes, it is, it is sort of a kind of a joke. I know there's some people that really are like, we're combat centric, we're battle cruiser magic, like, you know, commander damage is really like valid kind of on the lower power of things if you want to kind of consider like low mid high cedh or whatever um it doesn't change the fact that the threat always exists and you know you might not see a one or two power creature by itself really finishing someone off but it it also doesn't really take a whole lot to put something on top of it and be like yeah this hey i got a black blade oh wait (laughs) This thing now has 10 power, or 12 power yeah. or something, and you're like, hmm. Mm. So, it's... It, I, I mean, we have, I mean, this is Commander. This is this is the magic community we're talking about here. People complain about anything all, at, at any time, you know? <laughs> I mean, heck, yeah. you know, uh, we're recording this on a Wednesday uh, and in the middle of the week, and the, the announcement of a new Secret Layer came out, and guess what? It's about League of Legends, yay! That, yeah, that was. I was not. I wasn't expecting that. Oh no, most people weren't expecting it because uh, they have their own digital card games. So people were like mm. Legends of Runeterra. So people were like, "Why the heck are they collaborating?" I think it's just because they make paper magic cards. So like, whatever. Mm. Uh, I will say because the artwork is based off of the show Arcane, which people should probably check out if not for. Yeah. If if not for your League of Legends fanatics, like it's also just like a really stylistically cool animated show. Um, there what are was co- that, what was that other anime that came out on Netflix that's based off of a game? Uh oh. Uh, was it um Dota? Dota was one. There was also Dragon's Dogma, which is apparently awful. Um, I don't. There's a few of them. We could go on for hours because it looks really good. And I was like, oh, I kind of want to check that one out. Um, and I realized then they were like, oh, it's based off of a game. I was like, oh, oh, interesting. yeah. 
So so yeah. So these these new um League of Legends uh arcane cards are are out are coming out, I believe sometime next month or at the end of the month, I don't know. Mm. I'm probably not going to get one, but you know, there's Rhystic Study. There's a Thran yeah. Dynamo, but you know, not even uh, a whole day into the the leak, the spoiler, whatever you want to call it. Uh people are already complaining about Rhystic Study. And like I get it. It's Rhystic Study. Like do you want to pay the one? Do you want to pay the one? I get it. But I feel like, as usual, whether it be on Magic Twitter or wherever, or Reddit or wherever you get your kind of magic news, people are always going to be complaining about these types of things. And it's just like, eh. Yeah. Man, I'm just yeah. here to play some Commander, you know, personally. Yeah. Uh, you play Rhystic Study in every blue deck, you power to you. I, I, I can't get angry. I'll just remove it. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, man, I'll get rid of that. I don't care. But, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too upset if, uh, for a, uh, Justice League secret layer or even be... a Marvel one, but Justice League mainly. Okay. Well, I don't, man, I See, don't hate it. I, I mean, okay. Like if we're talking about <laughs> superheroes and all this other stuff, like, I mean, all right, listen, all right, here's, here's already what's happening people. And you can have your disagreements or your arguments or whatever about this, but let's be honest here. We had Godzilla. Right mm-hmm. and now, and now we have a bit of Dracula lore kind of stuff going on in yeah. Crimson Vow because it's vampires, man, of course. And then we got Secret Layer, um, Fortnite, and we got Secret Layer. Wait, that's a real thing? Yeah, oh. that was not a joke, dude. <laughs> it's like Sasuke <laughs> showing up in Fortnite, oh, going yeah, up yeah, against yeah, yeah, um, yeah. uh, what's her name, Ariana Grande. It's it's all eventually. The Everything. Mickey Mouse Corporation is going to buy everything, and then we're going to get... I don't know, man. It's going to be a nightmare. But anyway, yeah, you know, we got all these secret layers coming out and all this other stuff where we're dealing with multimedia things coming into our card game. And, mm-hmm. um, man, there ain't going to be much we can do about it, except kind of just accept it. And you know what? If a superhero secret layer thing comes out... I don't know what to tell you, but an Iron Man card would be pretty cool. That's all I got to say about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Just League, excuse me, Teen Titans, stuff like that. Yeah, it'd be pretty cool. It'd be pretty cool. I don't know about you. But, yeah. And you know what? If they don't do it, someone else has already done it with proxies. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, proxy artists and, and all this other stuff. You know, it, it, it exists whether you don't want it in your card game or not you know it, it's it's happening now um i mean i don't know we could talk about we're, we're spoiled quite frankly i think we're all just like pretty spoiled as as magic players and obviously our personal feelings about how the game is played what is being shown on card art and all this other stuff mm-hmm. it's just like man y'all got us you gotta calm down <laughs> you know it's 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 a it, it's gonna get exhausting complaining every two days, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, listen, go complain about how Voltron is bad, and then watches someone <laughs> watches someone teamer battle teamer battle rages you or hits you with a Dan of the Capuchin, and then you know you can. I've only had the one good game where everything where I had everything everything aligned, the planets aligned. Yeah, yeah. Shepherd, Sword of Animus. Got back Sun Titan. Sun Titan got back Danatha, and just away you that, go. That yeah. was a that was a nice game. That 
that was a nice game. I just remember that. <laughs> that's a, hey, that sounds like a super sweet game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh... Yeah, but it's like uh, I don't know. Maybe because like there's just so many more. There's just so much more um, strategies to winning the game, other than combat or let's say Voltron. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's that's one reason why like Voltron is looked over or quote unquote laughed at now just because it's the uh, no one's it's, no one's going for that anymore. We wanna we wanna do damage. We wanna win. It's the new sec. You know we want the new sexy yeah. stuff. We don't want the yeah. Old... We wanna win this way or you know we want to win that way. All right. I guess know? I guess if we're gonna call it that, Voltron's sort of the grandpa. Like uh, <laughs> it's the it, hey, it's Rocky. You know what? You know what? That's exactly what it is. It's freaking Rocky Balboa freaking trying to get back in the ring. And he's like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm 80 years old. <laughs> so, guess what? That dude is still going to knock you the fuck out. Yeah, but gotta do what I got to do. Gotta do what I gotta, yeah. <laughs> you can't go back in there. You're going to die, man. Hey, what's this going to be? Freaking, oh my God. Sylvester, Sylvester Stallone's fucking gotten his shit beat in man it's yeah he's had a rough life <laughs> but yeah i guess i guess yeah voltron is essentially like the old the old grandpa who has not yeah. changed his ways and hey you know what guess what grandpa's still got a place at the commander table you know yeah and i'm i'm not too smart so <laughs> voltron's right up that alley for me <laughs> it's just the image it's- I may it's be dumb. Simple. <laughs> it's simple. It's easy. Simple, straightforward. I can, I can do it. You know, oh, I man. like. I like it. Danitha is a badass, and you, I just you her, you care you win. kids and your fastest oracles and your <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh boy. What do you mean you're milling me out? What, what? do you mean? Yeah, this, you got you milling? guys what? in your umbrises that excels <laughs> my deck. Yeah, <laughs> you're done. Yo, whippersnappers, get off my lawn. With your new magic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh hey, hey, hey. It's 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 all in good fun, everyone. Just remember that at the end of the day mm-hmm. that yeah. um you know, uh I know the, the 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 rule zero discussion and nuances and and things that have been coming up, I'd say probably in the last year of some people feeling as if it is now becoming an enforcement of I don't want to play against that strategy because it makes me unhappy or destroys my deck. And it's like, you, at the end of the day, that's not up to you. It's only you. The only thing you have control of is sharing that you don't like something and mm-hmm. your deck that you're bringing to the table. And that's it. Like, that's that's essentially it. If you don't and if you're going to try and, you know, uh you know, bully someone into not playing something. Like, I I think anyone who has listened to me over in the last few months or anyone who has talked to me, like, yes, I'm not a fan of certain strategies and I'd be lying if I said I didn't, but I'm not going to go out of my way to tell someone not to play that new Umbris nightmare thing because it exiles cards from my deck. Like, it's a creature, it's it's a five mana one one, just fucking shock it. You know, or or yeah. something. It's and and at the same time, you know, if you're, <laughs> I bet a I bet a Danitha Capuchin Paragon deck could probably throw down with an Umber deck, no problem. <laughs> you know, it's hey, it's all subjective. You know, sit down and make an agreement when you sit down, but don't bully someone out of the game because 
Oh, well, that deck's not strong enough against my hyper-control fog deck. Well, okay, mm-hmm. okay, cool. I hope you enjoy everyone taking their pot shots at you, you know. It's 3v1 yeah. at that point. But, uh, uh, you know, hey, hey, I don't know. We've, I, I think we've, uh, <laughs> I think we're coming up an hour now. I think we're, uh, I think we've hit the limit of, uh, you know, philosophy for today. Maybe we'll leave it, I'll leave it for another episode. Um, but hey, Phil, thanks for coming on talking about Danitha. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, once again, where can people find you? And, uh, you know, what, what do you do? What do you provide? What do you, what do you care about? Uh, well, people can find me on, uh, Twitch, uh, Junehawk, uh, J-U-N-E-H-A-W-K. Uh, you find me on Twitter now. Yeah. Cole, he, <laughs> he held a gun to my head and told me to bring back my Twitter. It's where all the magic is happening, <laughs> man. You want magic? This is where magic happens on the blue bird. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ever since I got back on and I started following some of the content creators that you follow or some of the other magic players that you follow, I, like, I just feel overwhelmed. Like, oh, my God. I didn't realize, like, <laughs> this much magic stuff one i guess one last little history well i mean because you and i were on you and i were on tumblr for like a, a long time i was on tumblr for a long time uh mm-hmm. but that's where all the magic used to happen and then stuff changed and people said i'm out and then they went to twitter and i don't know if it's better or worse but mm. we're here we're here on twitter now <laughs> yeah i just th- i think the 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 MTG people that make memes stayed on the Tumblr because I've seen some funny stuff on there sometimes. <laughs> oh yeah, they. St- if anyone still sticks around on Tumblr, I would definitely say go check out some of the magic stuff still because some- yeah, people do make some people make some f- cool deck text, make some funny memes. That's for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, uh, but yeah, you can find me on Twitter. It's uh, same as my Twitch handle, but with an extra K. So J U N E H A W K K. Or you can find me on Instagram. Uh, J U N E H A W K. I'm not, not that original. Sorry, uh, everything's the same. Yo, basic bitch. Uh, <laughs> I uh, usually, I usually stream about. I usually stream magic, or I play different games. Um, yeah, I'll most likely be playing magic every Friday with Cole and two other buddies, and sometimes. Uh, like special events or special holidays, we'll have a uh, special theme stream uh, in regards to whatever holidays coming around or something in that nature. Oh, what are we gonna do for Christmas? Oh no, I do not know. Uh, something to think about. <laughs> uh, but yeah, hey, uh, everyone, thanks for listening to Phil and I ramble on and on about magic. Uh, talk to you in the next episode. Bye.